this episode, we speak with Abdul Jabba Rashi, who is a facility and sustainability manager. He's also a BREAM assessor and an energy and smart building compliance expert. He works for a hotel group based in Brussels, and today we discuss different building challenges from a facility manager's perspective, including sustainability, new technology, emergency lighting, restricted budgets, and occupant well-being. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Abdul. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you. Great to be here. You are the facility manager of a hotel group based in Belgium. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your role and your experience as a facility manager? Uh, thank you, Lindsay. Um, yeah, let me introduce myself. After an academic background um, and business experiences, I started a few years ago as a project manager for many sectors. Then I moved to European institution as a building and facility manager. Then to my, my current job as a project facility and sustainability manager for hotels building owner. I'm also editor of Smart and Sustainable Building LinkedIn newsletters. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. And today we're obviously going to be discussing mm-hmm. smart buildings from a facility manager's perspective. Yeah. So in previous episodes, we've had perspectives from different people across the industry. So consultants, OEMs, um, entrepreneurs, technology experts, and much more. But we've never spoken directly to a facility manager. So I'm keen to understand your point of view and recognize the challenges that you run into and how technology can improve or assist with your day-to-day tasks. So I think first of all, a good place to start is sustainability. So it's obviously a hot topic at the moment. It's discussed widely across the industry, but from your perspective, what are the biggest sustainability challenges for facility managers? Indeed, Lindsay, there are, there are several challenges facility managers face. One being the fact that many buildings were designed and, and built years ago based on fossil energy. Today, we have to live in those buildings and with the climate change, a prominent issue in our lives. Today in the world, we are beginning the transitions toward energy efficiency and decarbonization, which is an important advance to meet with ESG criteria. One of Big sustainable challenge for the building management today, which is the material life cycle. In my opinion, the recycling economy must become the dominant choice with implementations, for example, a cradle to cradle concept for all the projects and building operation. I would like to add that we spend more than 80% of our time in buildings. Therefore, we must make sure sustainable transitions are achieved while ensuring a good environment for occupants. Great. And where does, you know, technology that we hear, predictive maintenance, preventative Mm -hmm. maintenance, how does that technology um, feed into that? Does it assist and improve with the process? So I know we've discussed in the past the difference between um, predictive and preventative maintenance, so predictive being more data-driven. Um, does that feed into the sustainability piece? Does that help from that perspective as well? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's dependent on our approach. I think it's important to have a pragmatic approach regarding this transition between preventive to predictive. COVID-19 has shown us our limits and also many opportunities in digital technology. As you know, like for, for a sustainable transition, 
that can't be achieved without digital technology. Uh, IoT, EA, digital twin, machine learning, or recently building operation system, etc., etc. The old way of building management was based on preventive maintenance, sometimes just to be aligned with the, with the standards. Mm-hmm. As a facility, we have to ensure, again, this transition uh, for that uh, market and world between preventive and predictive maintenance, data processing from, uh, by data processing from, from sensor or IoT will allow us to switch from preventive to predictive maintenance, therefore to, as we need, uh, contract type. That's, I will use this term in, 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 our, in this uh, podcast. Also for bu- budgeting our, our OPEX, that will be, have a big impact on asset value. We'll today discuss ab- about data from many facilities. And based on th- this data, we will implement our strategy for the buildings. Yeah. Great, because I think obviously this feeds into safety as well. So the whole idea of predictive yeah. maintenance is it's an interesting topic because ultimately mm-hmm. being able to understand um, how components are performing, when they're potentially coming to end of life, mm-hmm. when maintenance is due. So it's not the model that we use traditionally, which was testing for, you know, just in case. It's actually allowing tests to be done at the right time or certain ones automated and actually informing a better schedule, a more optimized schedule. And it's not wasting resources and time and money as as much as the previous process would have. But ultimately that that does help from a sustainability perspective because you are not getting people on site unnecessarily. You know, you're not changing components just in case when you actually know for sure if they are coming to end of life or not. But the the big thing there is safety. So ultimately, maintenance is carried out for the occupants within the building to ensure that safety standards are upheld. And have you seen a change around one aspect of safety, which is emergency lighting? Have you seen that being taken more seriously since certain incidents have happened? I mean, for us, predominantly in the UK, um, it has definitely gained a lot more attention since, you know, recent events such as Grenfell disaster, which yeah. was you know, yeah. a tragic, horrible event. And yeah. it has caused the industry to review practices. And I think, you know, rightly so. But have you seen much change in that area? How how has safety been changed over the years and evolved and particularly emergency lighting? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's. Yeah, we, we have to review our our, our practices and in, in today's advances in, in, in technology allow to monitor and track the, the installation even for fire installations in real time. As for emergency consumption today, we did in in our hotels. I see that it's like for example for emergency lighting new models which we can measure the battery level of component in real time. This is a, this is a great example from preventive to predictive um, uh, way of working. When considering building safety, accurate real-time data can help to automate tasks and improve insight Mm -hmm. through creation of predictive value. An example that I recently participated in in testing with one Belgian startup that has developed electrical car fire detection by fiber optic mm-hmm. that can detect the temperature variation on electrical cars before the smoke 
or the fire that's with that's with the important minutes for the fire department and in our honors mm -hmm. there are yeah there are several technology comes in the market um, again we have just to analyze of course benchmark this is i think this is very important also to to benchmark all the technology before start to use it yeah no, i think it's you know the way that technology has advanced over the past few years it's presented a lot of benefits that we didn't even know that we needed within buildings but yeah it's it's interesting to discuss those different use cases and see how they can actually benefit yeah of course yeah that's we, we have to stay open-minded and looking for the new way of working yeah and optimize that i think that's a good good way to help us have the strong flexibility on, on, on our our way of working on our building usings yeah definitely and moving on now to a potential barrier so we've discussed how technology can improve buildings can improve the management and maintenance of buildings but obviously there are barriers in that process as well one of them being cost um so this is something that often when we speak to different stakeholders they have an ideal that they want to achieve within a building you know they they know where they want to get to but cost is always an issue and budgets and trying to carry out the desired work within you know a restricted budget so yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a question that's mm. a little bit, you know, I'm not expecting to get a straight answer off you with, with this. So mm. ultimately, with cost being a barrier, what mm. would you implement if cost was not a constraint and it wasn't a factor in the process? What would help you manage a building more effectively and why? What have you kind of in the past maybe not implemented because the budget wasn't there, but you feel that that might have helped? Um, yeah, great question. <laughs> Indeed, in um, in my opinion or in my point of view, it's uh, it's all about our way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Having the wrong mindset can be a real obstacle. A budget constraint can sometimes be an, an opportunity to learn, think, and do outside of the box. I think we need to consider an integrated approach in infrastructures and optimizing the processes. We live in a data world by, generated by various technology. As you know, Lindsay, there are a lot of emerging technologies, but it's up to us to transform the buildings of our ancestors into a sustainable place for living or work. Once again, we, we have to, to be intelligent and optimize use of resources, whether this that is energy, material, budget, or digital technology will help us achieve that. Our approach has also to be realistic and we must to stay open-minded and consider new solutions and new way of forgings again. Yeah, definitely. And I think one big consideration for people installing this new emerging technology in their buildings mm is standardization and you know, open protocols and things like that because this then allows you to upgrade part of a building and then have the ability to upgrade that further in the future so it's future proofing the solution by having you know more traditional solutions installed yes. that are siloed data and closed protocols it mm. doesn't offer that ability to then upscale 
in the future in a cost-effective way because it it forces you to then have to either stick with that one vendor's solution or products or to rip everything out and then restart again which is not good for the environment but also it's not good from a cost perspective yeah of course yeah and how do you manage occupant well-being in a building are you seeing a bigger focus on this area too are people asking for this information when they're booking into the hotel for example yeah i would like maybe to take air quality for example in in case of buildings today we are responsible to ensure the air quality for our guests and staff it is a part of the basic experience when staying in in a hotel or even building offices guests and staff will feel confident when building atmosphere is promoted once again by utilizing iot's uh, then machine learning on ventilation unit in case of air quality that will automatically inc- increase the performance performance of the installations and we can the same approach to water quality temperature or even the usage of the lifts or other facilities in in, in buildings regarding digital technology i would like to add that it is important data is not just generated generated for the uh, sake of it we have to analyze it in the right environment um, take into account many factors and uh, as type and age of the buildings thermal coefficients when we discuss about insulations or energetic performance of buildings i think we should to share the new practices uh, as we move forward in more sustainable directions we have to pass on a better world to to next generation and we are all of us responsible for it, for that because new thinking optimization of the resources and diversity will be vital for all of us in the world yeah i agree with that and i think that's um you've you've summarized quite nicely there you know quite a few topics that we've discussed on today's episode but we've covered obviously sustainability safety well-being cost and then you've just touched on there the importance of partnerships and collaboration so sharing those best practices so yeah it's been really insightful getting your perspective and i'll put a link to your linkedin profile in the show notes so if anyone has any further questions they can reach out to you and they can uh, ask you those but just as a final remark, have you got any closing comments that you'd like to make before we wrap up today? Just um, thank you again for this opportunity to, to discuss uh, about uh, the, about sustainability and smart building. And I think we should, all of us, to be a part of, of, of the solution to co-create and, and, and add value for a sustainable world. So uh, thank you for your podcast, uh, Lindsay. Brilliant. Thank you.